0: quite a few talking points today. In the NBA Finals, J.R. Smith forgot what the score was and did so at a very inopportune time. In the Pirates game, Felipe Vazquez forgot how to get guys out and did so at a very inopportune time. The Pirates blew an 8-5 lead at St. Louis. The Cardinals got five runs in the bottom of the ninth. And one on a walk off home run. The negative watershed moments are piling up pretty fast for the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is the Mark Madden Show, number one in Pittsburgh sports radio for 22 glorious years. 412 333 WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. Here's what has to happen to save the Bucco bullpen. Vasquez has to change his name back to Rivero. Vasquez back to Rivero, and Sherry instead of Sherry do that, and it all gets better. That Pirate loss, I mean, yuck. The Pirates rallied, came from behind, Cervelli hit that home run, It would have been a big win to start a series in St. Louis, and it all goes right down the crapper, straight to hell. But it's not as bad as what happened to Cleveland in game one of the NBA Finals. Tie game, Cleveland misses a free throw with a little under five seconds left. J.R. Smith of Cleveland gets the rebound and basically dribbles out the clock because he thinks Cleveland is ahead which Smith would not admit later, but which was obviously the case. I don't like talking about the NBA, but I do like talking about stupidity. And that was one of the biggest brain cramps in sports history. It was like Roseanne got an offensive rebound. Smith also made a horrible defensive mistake to gift Steph Curry a three-pointer right before halftime. And that's it. Cleveland is screwed. LeBron is screwed. We'll see in Philadelphia. Boy, was LeBron pissed after. J.R. Smith put the duh in dumb. This was Cleveland's one chance to stake a claim early to what would be a monumental upset, and J.R. Smith blew it. So did George Hill, the guy who missed the free throw, but ain't nobody... Talking about that, thanks to J.R. Smith. Game three of the Stanley Cup Final is tomorrow night. We're going to have Bob Airy of the Penguins TV broadcast team joining me at 3.30 to talk about that. The game should be tonight. They should play every other night. The talk is that Washington has Mark andre Fleury figured out by making that extra pass because Fleury is so aggressive in challenging the shooter. Look at the Carlson goal in game one and the Eller goal in game two. But Flurry has always played that way. Capstan figure him out in 09 and 17. Are they now? I don't think so. I think Vegas just needs better defensive zone coverage and to quit puck watching. Vegas has not played well defensively so far in this series. But the big story is the Pirates choking at St. Louis. They were up 8-5, going into the bottom of the ninth, and then their closer, Vasquez, couldn't get a single out in the bottom of the ninth, and they lose at St. Louis 10-8. Vasquez had that forearm discomfort a couple days back, and maybe it's worse than just forearm discomfort because... Vasquez is supposed to blow the ball by people. Not pitch to contact, but blow the ball by people. And there was no sign of that last night. It looked like batting practice. Ashawn Rodriguez made an error at third base in that ninth inning. Here's a guy hitting 174. And he enters the game Wait, to pinch run and then to play defense, and he makes an error. Sean Rodriguez is a bum and should be DFA'd ASAP, or at least put on the end of the bench and scarcely used like what he is. The 25th guy on the roster, but Rodriguez is the manager's pet, so he can suck as bad as he wants, and boy, he's sucking pretty bad. When you keep a guy like that on the team and you start him 20 out of your first 56 games, are you even really trying to win? You might think you are, but you are not. I also couldn't believe Polanco started and Meadows did not. Meadows was 10 for his last 22 with four home runs and Polanco was zero for his last 22 with Needless to say, no home runs. It wasn't a matter of who was pitching for St. Louis, the splits, all that, because the starter for the cards, Jack Flaherty, he's a righty. And Polanco was 0 for 3 lifetime. Meadows 0 for 1 lifetime against Flaherty, both left handed hitters. So you got lefty righty, either way, which is favorable. I got to start Meadows. I can't understand why Polanco started. And Meadows did not. Now, Polanco went three for four last night. But that's not the point. That's just dumb luck. That's just a hunch or whatever coming good. Starting Polanco was still the wrong decision. And as I have long lamented on this program, it would be a lot easier to get behind the Pirates if they would just play their best players. Put their best 25 on the roster and their best nine in the lineup. Play your best players. But they don't do that. And I've come to realize, we think Hurdle's a tough guy because of the gruff exterior and the beer gut and the rasp when he talks. He's a wuss. He is a wuss hiding behind all the things I just described because he gives everybody playing time to keep everybody happy so they all like the manager. If that's not the case, tell me how Sean Rodriguez has started 20 out of 56 games despite batting 174. And people say to me on Twitter, "Uh, it's not the 1940s, batting average doesn't matter. Okay, He ranks near last among position players on the Pirates in batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging average. Is that latter day enough for you? Is that high tech enough for you? Is that advanced metrics enough for you? Because all three of those numbers blow goats. So the Pirates are now, 29-27, and and six and a half games out of first, water is finding its own level. So we could talk about that, or talk about the Stanley Cup final, or talk about the J.R. Smith stupidity. That error will live forever in infamy. That's right there with Bill Buckner booting that grounder or Chris Weber's timeout. Incredibly dumb and incredibly dumb costly 412 is the number to call like i said bob barry at 330 to talk stanley cup final the king of old school john Steigerwald, joins me at 415 to talk about uh, well there's a lot to talk about i, I got a story i'm going to get to in a few minutes a prominent women's soccer player refused to call up to the u.s women's national team because they are wearing rainbow numbers on their kits for Gay Pride Month this month. And she doesn't want to wear that because her Christian beliefs do not allow her to. Who's the good guy or bad guy there? Because I'm not sure there is one. We'll talk about that in just a little bit here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan. Mark, good afternoon. Y'all want to talk to Mark Madden? What do you want? What do you want? Damn it! TX at 105.9. Yesterday I talked about the uh, sports sites, the the blogs, whatever you want to call them, that are just pretending. You know, they think they're covering something, but they're just fans with a keyboard. Uh, By way of example, one of those sites just put up a report that the Penguins have offered Kessel and Schultz to Nashville for P.K. Subban. Okay, the reason they want to trade Phil is because he's a pain in the ass. Why would they trade him for one of the few guys out there who was well-known to be an even bigger pain in the ass? 412-333-9939 is the number to call Uh During the break I was watching ESPN, Bob Lay on Outside the Lines talked about the lack of hype for the World Cup this year because it's only 13 days away until that event starts in Russia. Bob said there's no World Cup buzz. Why? That's pretty simple. The U.S. isn't in it. Not real hard to figure. The United States is barely interested in international soccer as it is. If the U.S. isn't represented, if their team doesn't make it, then no, there's not going to be any hype in the U.S. I'm looking forward, though, because there are games on during my show every day. So I could watch soccer while I'm on the air every day. There won't be the soccer Tourette's. I won't have the emotional attachment like I do watching Liverpool play while I'm on the show. But it'll be something to do during this time of the year when Really, nothing is going on that I care about much. Uh, how about LeBron was pissed last night because the media kept asking about J.R. Smith making that mistake, not knowing what the score was. And LeBron walked out of the interview and said to the media, be better tomorrow, unquote. Bruh. What Smith did, that's the only story. Of course... You're going to get asked about it. It's the only story. LeBron's mad because he scored 51 points and nobody noticed, and he lost. You know what else nobody noticed is George Hill missed a free throw that should have won the game. Like I said, that screw up by Smith is the only story after game one of the NBA Finals last night. Now, here's a nutty story, and it's so nutty that I I teased it last segment And I'm already getting comments about it on Twitter before I, you know, address the nuts and bolts of it on air. Jaylene Hinkle is a women's soccer player, and she's pretty good. she got a call-up to play for the U.S. Women's National Team, which is a big, big deal. She's done it before, but they wanted her to play in a series of games this month. Jaylene Hinkle declined the invite because... The U.S. team is going to wear rainbow numbers on their kits and a a rainbow logo, I think, to highlight the LGBTQ cause during June, which is Pride Month. Uh, Jaylene Hinkle's religious beliefs, her Christian beliefs, she says, prevent her from doing that, prevent her from supporting... The LGBTQ cause. I got the letters in the right order, didn't I? Seriously, I hope I did because I I support that cause. I would be glad to play for the U.S. Women's National Team this month. Anyway, I'm not sure there's a right or wrong here. Hinkle believes what she believes and Shouldn't be criticized for that. Now you could say to Hinkle, what's the big deal? Just go play soccer. But you could also say... Why does everything have to be a cause in sports? Just wear regular unis and go play soccer. Show support for causes away from the pitch, but on the pitch, just kick the ball. Women's soccer has had a lot of openly gay players, and that's great. I fully support, but why does Hinkle have to support that to play for the U.S. team? Like I said, there's no right or wrong here. Pat sent a couple of tweets to address, Hinkle should be allowed to play without wearing the rainbow jersey. I disagree with her not supporting the cause, but she can't be forced to support a cause. And Pack continues in the second tweet, it would be like if a team wanted to wear blue to support the police, and a black man didn't want to do it because of police brutality. He shouldn't have to do it. That's right on the money. I mean, should they have let Jalen Hinkle where Jaylene pardon me Hinkle wear a jersey without the rainbow stuff on it and let her play if she's one of the best players in the country she should be out there kicking the ball and she's not out there not because she's not good enough but because she didn't want to wear uh, the rainbow stuff that supports a cause she doesn't believe in is that a good enough reason to keep her off the team now now she opted out so I guess that question answers itself but uh Like I said, no right or wrong here. Just a very interesting debate. Let's go to Ray in the car. Ray, you're on with Double M. Ray, you're on the air. Okay, good first call, Ray. Thank you. Let's go to Joe in Homestead. Joe, you're on with Mark. Joe, are you there? Okay, it sounds like our phones are malfunctioning because that was the same weird thing there. Anyway, 412 333 9939. Up next from ATT Sportsnet, you hear him doing color for the Penguins games. He is between the benches, often bumping shoulders with Pierre Maguire, I'd imagine. I would never let Pierre get the best of me. I would dominate physically between the benches. It's Bob Airy up next on 1059. The X, and now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Hey, well, I'm not sure, it's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. You see and hear him on the Penguins TV broadcast from at and Sportsnet. He is Bob Airy. Uh, Bibbs, the Stanley Cup final is tied one game apiece. Does it feel like either team has the upper hand right now?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. I think, you know, with the long delay, Vegas had it, Mark, with the eight days off before they started the series. thought they kind of started slow and were still able to get the first uh, victory, but they lost any, you know, they lost any advantage they would have had. Uh, You know, I think game two was for the taking. Uh, the goalies haven't been as solid as you'd want to see. Uh, You could have went either way, and I just don't think anybody's got a grip on this series, and I don't think anybody's played their best hockey as of yet.
0: Mark Andre flurry's been caught out by an extra pass a couple of times. Is that anything flurry's doing wrong? I mean, Bibbs, that's just how he plays, right? He's very aggressive to the shooter.
1: Yeah, he's very aggressive. That's uh, you know, good good job scouting by the Washington Capitals. Maybe hesitating, make taking another second, taking a look for a play off the goalpost. You know, when when the Penguins are at their best, they can do that too. They're looking for that shot pass off the post. But uh, Washington Capitals, it's been more of just a pass and then a release after that. So, yep, they're going to try to take advantage of the aggressiveness of Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been challenging his shooters. His defense has been great and insulated them all season long. And, you know, I give the Capitals credit for, for really um, finding a way to try to, uh, you know, get some pucks by Marc-Andre Fleury and, and get themselves a winning game, too, because Quite honestly, I think Vegas has held more of the territorial advantage, but Washington's found a way to get it done. They are they're pretty stout defensively as well, and uh, you know they don't. You know, I figured if they scored three goals in game two, they would win the game.
0: How can Vegas help Flurry out in those situations? Uh, obviously, you know you'd like Mark to stay with the puck a little bit better, but I think the uh, Vegas defense got got puck watching too, don't you? Well, that's the key. I mean,
1: if you watch good defensive defensemen, and I'll take uh, Brooks uh, Brooks Orpik as a prime example. You know, he doesn't. He rarely sees a puck even go in behind his own netminder. He's not. He's not looking at the puck. He's taking his man. He's shielding. He's insulating. Even if his man was to get the puck, he blocked the shot. I mean, he's so good at first being physical, then uh, being in between the man and the puck and the net, and then getting stick on puck if. Uh, if the other two don't succeed. So, you know, he's just a great defensive defenseman. I've seen him do it time and time, year after year, doing it again in this series. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the Vegas defense are going to have to look for that, and they're going to have to make sure they aren't part-watching They're taking bodies in front of that.
0: Uh, Holtby made that great stop to preserve the win in Game 2, Bibbs. Can a save change a series? I think we both saw that happen back in 1991 with Frank Peter Angelo, didn't we? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think everybody thought of that right away when uh, you're thinking of a save. So if there's only one save. Uh, you better coin it something else because uh, Frank Peterangelo's got the only uh, the the save. Um, there's only one of those. But uh, yeah, it can change a series. It certainly can. But you know anything can. We've seen in, in Stanley Cup Finals, we've seen offsides uh, go other ways, and it's happened for the Penguins. You know, a couple times you, you get those kind of calls and. One bounce goes your way, I and mean, you have to be lucky. So, you know, I, I do believe that one save like that. Indeed, if the Washington Capitals win this playoff, that that's that's it. I mean, that, that that's the play right there. You can turn right back to that because two nothing for Vegas. That would have been lights out for the Washington Capitals, in my opinion. Now the Washington Capitals can go home. They got a they got a pretty good sniff on this because I didn't think they played that well to be to be quite honestly. You. So, you know. I... I think it was a great save. I think Holtby causes a lot of his own problems letting the puck get to the front of the net in the first place off a of bounce. I mean, if you're watching the puck, all you do is put your stick there and stop it before it comes through, the, through your own crease mark, in my opinion. And you know, I think that's where uh, great goaltenders—they um, don't cause a lot of problems for themselves. The great ones that have in, in time and uh, over the course of uh, history, you know, I think you'll see that other guys they make flashy saves a lot of time because they have to because they've they've caused themselves a problem in the first place.
0: If Kuznetsov stays out of the lineup hurt, because he took a pretty good shot in game two, how much does that hurt Washington, and how can they adjust?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you have to adjust for a short period of time. You saw them do it in the last series without Backstrom in the lineup, and Lars Ellers came up big. Of course, he came up big again, and they were able to do it without Tom Wilson in the lineup for three games, and he's a big part of... uh, of their, of their push if they're going to win a Stanley Cup, because Netsoff's a game-breaker. We saw that in the Penguins series. We've seen that all season long. makes it easier for teams to focus on uh, Ovechkin because Netsoff's not in the game. It's a big loss for them. I mean, I, I can't say. You, you can never say missing one player. You can't, over, you can't overcome that. But it's a huge loss. I mean, you're a game-breaker. And, and, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be sitting in the bar with your buddies you're picking the overtime winner for one team you're picking two guys from Washington and Kuznetsov is one of them
0: yeah i, I agree but but uh, one thing i'm sure you could shed light on bibbs is long term adjusting to a guy being out is one thing but short term adjustments a lot easier isn't it because adrenaline can make up for a lot short term
1: well it is and they have you know they have ample players like i said wilson's back in eller ochi uh those guys are all in uh, back from the back end, he's getting better each and every game. So short term you can make up. Yeah, you can make up for the loss of a player like Kuznets off and you know, I don't know if it'll be the whole series or not. I mean he didn't come back in the game. They're calling it you know, game time decision. It looked a lot worse than that to me. I mean if it was game time decision, get back in the game, the last game is what I'm thinking. So uh you know, I think it's going to be a, a little bit for him. But you can certainly make up for the absence of one player. And listen, Washington Capitals do it, I think, defensively first. They're a team oriented team. They bought into that, even though Vetskin is doing it this year. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they can pull up the, the, the straps and get it done.
0: We're talking to Bob Barry. You can see him right now during the playoffs, by the way, on the NHL Network. Uh, Bibbs, uh, will Vegas ever reach the point where they're shows? It hasn't yet, but I wonder... What happens if Washington wins Game Three tomorrow night?
1: Well, everybody's waiting for that uh, crack in the armor, aren't they, for the Knights? But uh, is it there? You know, I don't know. I, you know, they've never really been behind the eight ball, have they? And uh, that would be the case if they got down in the series. But you know, I think people thought that the Winnipeg Jets were going to roll over them, and the Jets are a pretty good hockey team. I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. They play the same way. I, I love the way they play, all four lines and. I think there's one there's gotta be one key here though, Mark, and that's Mark Andre Fleury. And he's gotta be better than he was in the first two games. And he's been unbelievable all year. He's uh, he's the consummate winner if they win it. And he and indeed he's gotta be better than he was in game one and two. He let a puck get through the crease underneath his stick in the last game on the Investing goal. He's just gotta be better and he's gotta be big big at the right times. And I think he's the one thing. You talk about inexperience, he's the one guy. If something breaks down that he can make up for a lot of faults out there, and he's got to do it. He's done it all year. He's got to be better.
0: Now, uh, Ovechkin could take a game over. Can anybody take a game over for Vegas? Is that an advantage that Washington might enjoy at some point? I'm just thinking maybe Ovi wins a game on his own one night, and nobody can answer back for Vegas.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't think Vegas is counted on one guy all all, all year long. Yeah, can one guy take it over for Vegas? No. But, boy, they have a lot of talent out there. You know, James Neal is a goalie he scored the other night. Marcus Gasol has scored great goals all season along. Carlson with 40, 43. And he, he's a guy that's magical. I love Riley Smith. I mean, I i just like what they have. I don't think one guy can take it over other than a goaltender for Vegas. He'd be the only guy that could really steal the show. Oh,
0: no. And to interrupt, Bibbs, I'm, I'm like, in a way, trying to talk myself into a way that Washington can win. Because I think Vegas is by far the better team for the reasons we've been talking about,
1: and I agree totally. Can Ovech can do it? Well, well, he's he's a he's a superstar. I mean, how many how many players do you tag that name to? In my opinion, I mean, you, I don't know. I don't know if anybody wants to argue argue with me. Oh no, he's a superstar. Cool. There,
0: there's he's about the best four best or five others in the league of his ilk. I think that's about fair to say.
1: Well, that's it is fair to say, and his, and his record proves it. he's the best goal scorer I've ever have ever witnessed. Uh, you know, next to the big guy beside me. So, I mean, uh, Ovechkin could take it over, but you know, I think he takes over games in a lot of different ways. Now, I love the way he's, he's keeping his calm, keeping his body down when he's hitting players, so he can be physical, but he can score. And he's a big he's a big part of a power play. You don't want to put that Washington Capital team on the power play; you're just asking for trouble.
0: You know, it's weird, Bibbs, because when I watched Vegas and we saw all those guys play with other teams and they just weren't as good. I don't know how all this happened, not just with the team, but with guys <laughs> as individuals like Carlson and so especially Carlson. I saw him play for Columbus. I thought he was just some curtain jerker. I never imagined this.
1: Well, you know, I I um you know, I, I I'm not gonna tell you I imagine him scoring forty some, but I <laughs> I loved him as no, I loved him as a player, and I thought he I thought he could get thirty some year. I thought they, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was playing behind uh, some players, and and they weren't playing him the right way in Columbus. I love the way he played. I love his two way game, always did. So you know, um, you know, I've had these conversations behind closed doors with some people, and he's been a guy that I've been I've been high on. I love. Well, guys. no, no, and a lot of it's, it's about, opportunity, it? about opportunity, isn't it? Well, you got to play, and that's what these guys have got. I mean, you know, that's what James Neal said. I mean, these guys, you know, we were. we're has been. We're the we're the castoffs, and, uh, you know, it's really a great thing for this team. So, Mark Tassoli, he's a 30-goal guy in Florida. So, you got to be put in positions to succeed and give Gerard Gallant a ton of credit for putting guys in position to succeed and letting them keep going. I mean, you could add David Perron to the list. Nobody said he didn't make a mistake along the way, but they've allowed him and insulated him with players. They've allowed him to go and use his techniques, his skills – to benefit the team and that's been the key and that's what coaching is and that's and that's why this guy's the coach of the year because he recognizes what each individual brings to a hockey team and he puts them in a position to succeed and he doesn't tell a guy what his limitations are mark the worst thing that coaches do and i've had a lot of them along the way don't dare you tell a player what his limitations are you tell him go out and do this and go and try that, and that's what Galant's done. And I, I still think Vegas is going to win the series.
0: Yeah, me too. I got Vegas in six, Bibs. How about you? Well, let me see. Uh, Caps
1: get one more, so five. What, five <laughs> okay. games? You I'll think Vegas, Vegas is
0: going to win out?
1: Yeah, I think Vegas is going to win out. I I, I thought they should have won the second game, and I think they, if had they won the second game, they might have won four, four straight. I just think they're a better team. But it's a strange thing. I mean, I went against the Devils one year when I was with the Red Wings, and, you know, we had over 60 wins, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the Devils beat you because they get one or two games. So that second game and that save the hope you made, I mean, that's a, that, that's a, that could be a serious changer.
0: Now, real quick on the Penguins' off season, do you expect Jim Rutherford, the GM, uh, to tweak the team, or can you see a big move on the horizon?
1: Well, you know, I think if there's going to be a big move, it's going to be on the blue line. I mean, I don't, it's tweaking, you know, how you can't, you can't make a lot of major moves with this, with this Penguin team. I mean, you know, you could call it major if you move one of the big pieces and and it's not going to be Malkin or Crosby ever. So, you know, if they're going to make a big move, it's going to be, it's going to be a splash. But, you know, I think you give this team an opportunity. I think you add on defense. I, I just think you have to make it better. You Have to be better defensively. Uh, and, you know those guys have to contribute uh, on both sides of the puck. I just, I'd love to see a, a guy there that uh, on the blue line that's uh, that's got some meat on him that uh, you know that that can go out there. Boys, like a guy like Nate Smith, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure would. Like, <laughs> where did he come from? There's another guy, but uh, that's the kind of guy. You know, get. I don't know. We, they, they made a signing for a fin- finished defenseman. We'll see if he. Uh, Gets into the fold next year, but I think they got to be better on the blue line. I'm not, wasn't a huge fan of, uh, of some of the some of the uh, the bottom the bottom players there, the bottom pair. So I, I think if you get a little more stronger in that area, you're going to be a better team. It's going to help your net too.
0: No, I, I agree. The one thing that gives me pause is the core of the team is now 30, and older cores generally don't do well in the NHL these days. I wonder what Rutherford thinks about that.
1: Well, I wonder what he thinks about it too. I, I you know, certainly uh, everybody's in getting to in their thirties now. They're not getting any younger. Um, they made a move. They made some moves they had to, including the Marc Andre Fleury. They've tried to bring in some young guys from the minor leagues. You got it. You know, the Washington Capitals have been able to survive, but they got some good young hockey players, you know, to go along with a team that uh, I thought quite frankly were done last year when I saw them play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I thought they were fortunate to get through that series. So. Wait and see what happens. Uh, you know, there's still a lot in the tank. We saw what Crosby was able to do in the playoffs and Malkin and E Kessel throughout the season where he was fantastic for 50 games for the Penguins. But you make moves when, uh, when the value of players are high, you know that. And that's what the game's all about. You got to take chances now and then and you got to make deals. And, and I think the Penguins do have to get younger, Mark. The core, uh, the core is a little bit, uh, a little bit aging.
0: Bibbs, great stuff. Enjoy your time in Toronto. We'll talk soon, I hope. Anytime, Mark.
1: Appreciate it. Go Vegas.
0: That's Bob Airy openly rooting for Vegas. I'm openly rooting for him to go to Zanzibar in Toronto and tell us what went on there. Uh, Always great to hear from Bibbs. Time to hear from you, 412-333-WXDX. And don't forget, at 415, we have the king of old school, John Steigerwald. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. PX at 105.9. Today is National Donut Day. And I haven't had one donut. Because I'm trying not to eat donuts, and it's difficult. Because Dunkin' Donuts sent over like a zillion donuts to the building here, as did Giant Eagle. So thanks to them. We appreciate that here in the building. Uh, I think Dunkin' is the best donut. And the best coffee. And coffee's important, not just with donuts. But when you're not eating donuts, because decaf loaded with sweetener is my donut substitute. My sugar substitute. Uh... Two things I look for in a donut. And this is a pertinent topic here on National Donut Day. Two things I look for in a donut. A some kind of chocolate frosting. Preferably with Oreo crumbs. And B cream filling. But it's gonna be white cream filling. Not that, you know, Boston cream stuff, but but white cream. I do have a weird Oreo fetish. I love Oreo donuts, Oreo ice cream, Oreos on ice cream, Oreos on Oreo ice cream, Oreo milkshakes. But I don't eat Oreos. If you crush Oreos and put them on anything, in anything, I will partake, but I don't eat Oreos. I see Oreos as a condiment and not a standalone. Like And all those weird Oreo variations they have out right now. I saw like strawberry Oreos, orange Oreos, crystal meth Oreos, just, just, just too much. Anyway, the best donuts are Duncan, locally and uh, nationally, uh, besides Duncan, the America Coffee Shop at the New York, New York Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, home of the one true legitimate croissant donut except no substitutes. Great willpower by me today. There are literally three dozen donuts sitting on a counter about 30 feet away, and I've not had one. It would help if somebody sent over a big cup of decaf with eight splendas and some cream, preferably, oh, this is a new phenomenon I've not talked about. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I've made no quarter Kind of the catch all segment for non sports stuff. Some sports, but not always. Hershey's has a coffee cream out, chocolate and caramel. It's unbelievable. Now, if somebody wants to send over a big cup, a big pot of decaf with cream splendid, that Hershey stuff, I would be most indebted because no donuts for me today on National Donut Day. Uh, by the way, I got the story wrong about Samantha B. I said yesterday that she tweeted the C word. I was incorrect. She actually said it on TBS, albeit bleeped out, ah, but you could tell. That's a word that is fairly clearly enunciated and easy to lip read. Uh, she apologized, TBS apologized, but neither one meant the apology because that's a tape show. Not live, but taped. So TBS knew in advance what she said. And there was obviously no discipline beyond the apology. And I'm not going to criticize If TBS wants to run their network that way, they can't. But it opens up a brave new word, world. Back in the days when you could, I used the phrase frequently. A bitch with a capital C. Cher said that in the movie, Stuck on You. Can I say that again now about somebody? And if not, why not? Because Samantha B could. But I won't because, as you people all know by now, I have way too much class. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. No Quarters brought to you by CW Electrical Services make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com now that the penguins are done I, I don't have a lot to do wondering what to do tonight after work because i have nothing to eat at home you know what's great very underestimated you go to a giant eagle market district you know they have those heat and serve meals their meatloaf their meatloaf is out of this world and it's one of the rare meatloafs that tastes good, even with tomato sauce. They put tomato sauce on it, off beef gravy. And it is uh, wunderbar, to use a French expression. Oh, this just in. Cow's owner Dan Gilbert tells uh, says he sees LeBron James as more of a partner than an employee. Well, actually, uh, Dan, LeBron's your boss. And if you really think he's your partner, well, you better find the new partner because he's leaving at the conclusion of these playoffs. I can't get over that mistake that J.R. Smith made last night. How about the LeBron reaction? Like pointing him back toward the basket as he's dribbling off the clock in a tie game. And, and I got to tell you, J.R. Smith, I mean, I don't know him from Bupkus. I don't follow the NBA very much at all. Afterwards, he denied that he didn't know what the score was. The only way you do what he so stupidly did is if you don't know what the score was. And he denied it. I mean, come on. Don't urinate down my leg and tell me it's raining. Don't be a bitch with the capital C. Just admit your mistake. By the way, I just kind of lapsed in the character there as 105.9 commenter. I apologize if his Remarks offended anybody. 4 one 99-39. Hey, look, I am raining down an ocean of excrement on Sean Rodriguez today, but how can you not? Like, like, I quoted before his batting average is 174 after hitting 168 last year. So if this is a slump, it's a really long one. And yet somehow he started 20 of the Pirates' 56 games and played, I think, in 41 of them. Wow. I mean, if a bum like that, that's what he is. He's a bum. If a bum like that,